One of the frustrating things about job hunting is that you can type in a very general title like account manager and then like a million jobs will pop up for account manager. But if you look at the actual roles, like if you take five out of those million, they're all going to be different. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it. If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. If you've heard more than one episode of HDYC, and this podcast, then you probably already know that we've spent quite a few episodes talking about how to create new roles for yourself. But what about when you're trying to figure out what existing roles are already out there? How can you figure out which ones are right for you? It really took a lot of paying closer attention to those details of like, okay, what are they actually telling me that I'm going to be doing? And being able to filter out the ones that I knew were going to be a waste of my time. That's Allison Thompson. Allison was looking to make a career change moving from the hospitality industry into a brand new organization and role. She did all of the groundwork to identify what she really wanted in her career and life. But things started to get pretty challenging when she began searching for specific roles. The same thing that has probably happened to you happened to her. She realized often when she searched for a title, it didn't match up with what companies said they were looking for in the description, and the responsibilities didn't match what she expected at all. Allison had to learn how to adapt her job search to find the right role for her and broaden her horizons beyond job titles, which, spoiler alert, she did an amazing job at and ended up landing her ideal role. Okay, this is especially important because most people don't actually make intentional career changes. They stop themselves or they allow obstacles to stop them or they just accept something else that's not extraordinary for themselves. And in all cases, they're not making these phenomenal intentional changes. And if you've already read the Happen to Your Career book, you know the five obstacles of career change pop up when you least expect them. And later on this conversation, you'll hear how Allison was able to overcome not only those job search difficulties but also the feelings of loss and guilt that surfaced when she decided to make a career change and leave the role that she'd been in for quite some time. Why? Well, because she felt all the things. Loyalty to what had been a great job for her. You know, she really enjoyed the people that she was working with. All the things that, you know, keep you in a role for way too long. And you'll hear all of that. But first, here she is talking about how she originally got into the hospitality industry. Originally, my academic focus in college was psychology. So when I was in college, I was very, I was relatively certain that that was kind of the field that I wanted to be in. So I did all my coursework. And, you know, as I hit my junior and senior year, that's when you're doing more of that intensive, like internships and getting yeah. that hands-on experience. And I loved the volunteer work that I did. Like I loved everything that I learned, but I had to make a judgment call with myself when it was like, okay, it's time to figure out like what I want to do post-grad. 
I had to make a judgment call of like, okay, is this something that I can really see myself doing as an actual career? I'm kind of a bleeding heart type of person. Like I'm a very empathetic, emotional sponge type of person. And so as much as I loved helping people and volunteering and getting experience in all these different areas of what being in the psychology field can expose you to, I was basically like, I know I would bring my work home every day and I'd just be (laughs) miserable and no longer good and effective at my job if I decided that I wanted to be like a therapist therapist or a counselor or something like that. When I graduated, I just took like a random, like, it was like probably the worst job I've ever had. But it was like one of those like cold calling, like type of jobs where you like have to make X amount of calls a day and talk to X amount of people per day. And like, I just felt like it was sucking my soul out. And so that was kind of the time where I was like, okay, what is it that I feel like is going to kind of feed my soul a little bit? I did the one thing that I never do, which is quit a job without having another job. And I took an unpaid internship at this place in Chicago called the Standard Club, which is like a social, like a historical social club in Chicago. And I interned in their membership and marketing and events department. And so that was my initial exposure into what goes into marketing events and coming up with event concepts and doing like event marketing material for the members of this club. And so I was only there for four months, but it was really like really, really great exposure into the world of events. And so after four months, I got my first catering job here in Chicago at this like upscale. It was like a gourmet, almost like a fancier version of a Whole Foods. But they also had like a restaurant and like a coffee shop. And they also did catering services for like corporate companies, like drop offs and things like that. So that was my first official catering role. And then they also offered like event services through their catering. So I got exposure to what the world of off-premise catering events are and catering and things like that. So that's really what kind of skyrocketed me into what turned out to be about a seven-year career in catering events, weddings. So over the course of those seven years, I kind of bounced around into like a little like different areas of catering, which was pretty awesome because I kind of got to experience every side of events from the sales side and the venue, like selling event spaces and selling catering services and dealing with more high-end clientele. And after working within like a catering and events company, my goal was to eventually land in hotels, which I did eventually do. So I was doing just the catering and event sales for about, I think, three years. And then after those three years, I got my first hotel job. What made it your goal at the time to move into hotels? Because I heard you say that a minute ago. I just thought that that was like the place to be. You know what I mean? Like when I think about like career development and career trajectory and just like further career opportunities, I was, I, thought, okay, if I move into the hotel world, that will kind of expose me to one, a different just type of environment that I hadn't experienced before. And then just thinking about like the different departments and roles within hotels, I thought, okay, I'll have a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more movement in career advancement, which is it kind of happened that way, but sort of not, which is how I ended up reaching out to you guys. But I did do about, I would say I was in hotels specifically for four years. So from about 2015 to 20, well, 2020, technically, so five years of just strictly hotels doing event sales and catering sales within the hotel space, which was really cool. Like it kind of gave me a little bit more balance in my experience where previously I was mostly dealing with like 
weddings and more like nonprofit things like that. Yeah. Being in hotels gave me more of that corporate exposure of dealing with corporate clients. So I would say by the end of it all, like I felt very like well-rounded in just the different kind of clients I was used to dealing with and the different kind of instances that arise when you're dealing with different clients. Like the things you deal with with a wedding client is going to be very different from the things that you deal with with a huge financial company here in Chicago and just being able to have that experience. Got great experience, loved what I was doing, but looking at, okay, what's going to be my next step? Because I'm a very, I'm a planner. That's like, it's what I do. And I'm, I'm always this. thinking yes. like, <laughs> it's I'm always in. thinking, what's the next step? Like, how can I learn more? How can I grow my skills? Like, I'm always kind of looking for ways to kind of grow and expand because as much as I love what I do, like, I don't want to get bored and end up being doing the same thing for 20 years and never really like growing. And so when I was thinking about that and thinking about just kind of like the hotels that I was involved in, I realized that the structure of the roles within a hotel varies based on the hotel and the size of the hotel it ended up being a little bit more limiting than what I thought. So, for example, my role in my when I was at my hotel, it was a catering manager. I started out as a catering manager, ended up being senior catering manager. I already had a director and he's been there for like almost a decade. So it's like, okay, it's a long shot. You know what I mean? Of me being able to get promoted to catering director or assistant director or any of those higher level positions. And some hotels don't even have those higher level positions. So I was like, okay, I can either sit here and just kind of go through the same motions and be okay with just being a senior level catering manager and hope that something else better comes along, or I could potentially explore something else. Even though I like to grow and learn new things, like I'm also a creature of habit. So it's like the idea of not doing something remotely similar to what I was, what I've already been doing for seven years. I was like asking myself, like, Allison, you're crazy. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to do this anymore? But I didn't want to ignore that feeling. I didn't want to ignore the fact that it was starting to feel a little bit of burnout and that I was starting to feel a, almost like a sense of unfulfillment in what I was doing. And you, I'm curious about that. When you say almost a sense of unfulfillment for what you're doing, mm -hmm. what did that mean for you? I've definitely felt something I would describe. Yeah. As it might be different from person to person. I feel like for me, like when I think of when I was feeling like that sense of unfulfillment, I felt like I'm not using all of my skill set to the full potential that I can. Like I wasn't operating on my full potential. Like I, I don't want to say that I felt like I was like wasting my talent because that's a little bit aggressive, but I kind of felt like there's more that I could be doing yeah. if I was in a different place or if my role was a little bit different. And then like I started noticing like little things like, okay, if I was a director or if I was higher up in my department, there are definitely some changes that I would want to make. And I tried with the power that I did have to try to implement some of those changes, but it just within the hotel world, you know, there's, I don't want to say bureaucracy, but there's definitely like, it has to go through a process of getting things approved. And sometimes it can take years and being within a sales position, it's like you want to make sure that you're being keeping up with your competitors. And it's like, if I see three of my other competitor hotels doing this awesome thing that people are really responding to. And it's going to take my hotel two years to do that. Like that's very frustrating for me. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. So 
that was just some of those things that I just started to kind of notice that was just like not sitting well with me. And then I started to think, well, maybe I need to just be doing something else. And that's when it kind of really started the journey of, okay, how do I start from square one? Because that's basically what I was trying to do. And I knew that I didn't want to be left to my own devices as far as just like the job hunting process, because I knew that I wanted it to be different. Like, it's not like I was trying to make a lateral move of just going to another hotel or, you know, leaving hotels, but going to like an event venue or something like that. Like I knew I wanted it to be something different. And I knew I wanted to really give myself the opportunity to to do some of that deeper exploration of like, okay, let's really take some time and figure out what I'm really looking for. So that way I'm not job hunting again in like another year and a half. And so that's how I kind of started doing the process of like, okay, should I hire a career counselor and just kind of looking at the services that were out there. And I can't even remember, I think I like stumbled upon like an article on LinkedIn and the article had mentioned something happened to your career related on the article. And that's how I found you guys. So thank God for LinkedIn because I'm always on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of the internet and LinkedIn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and eventually you found your way over here. Yes. A couple things that I'm super curious about. One, you mentioned that growth is something that's really important to you. And mm-hmm. I would probably say that as human beings, we all need to be able to grow. Otherwise, we become stagnant. And then Mm -hmm. even if everything else lines up really well, then it still feels like there's a piece missing. But one of the things that I've found is that what growth means is pretty different from person to person. What each individual needs is pretty different from person to person. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what were some of the pieces that were really important to you as it relates to growth? I heard one of them, like you wanted the opportunity to move up and have new experiences. And it sounded Mm -hmm. like there you perceived that it was going to be limited eventually. What else did you mean when you say and talk about growth? In kind of thinking about some of those key things that I was looking for in my next opportunity, obviously having opportunities to learn more, even if it's not necessarily directly related to whatever my role is, like just having the option to be able to explore other areas of a company. I thought that would be not necessarily like a must have, but definitely a very strong nice to have. A must have for me was definitely like being somewhere where it's a good quality team dynamic, but it's also a very interactive team dynamic where it's like we can toss around ideas and we can give feedback and have that feedback be taken into consideration and then ultimately put into practice to just improve what we're doing. Like that was a really, really big piece for me because it's like, especially being client facing, like it's a very interesting position to be in. And if you're good at your job and I don't want to toot my own horn, but like, I feel like I'm pretty, you know, good at what I do. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like being able to not just, meet their needs and provide a service, but also kind of being able to create a relationship where you can get more like nuggets of information from them that's going to improve what your company is doing. Being in a position where you're always talking to the client, it's it's an area of opportunity for myself, for my role, but also for the company to be able to say, hey, I'm dealing with, you know, a handful of clients. A lot of them are giving me this feedback saying that they would like to see us do these 10 things. Can we do five of these 10 things that they're asking us for and being able to implement things that 
ultimately makes the people that we're serving happier and more efficient in whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. And so that was like a really, really big thing for me. And then also some of the other things like a company that is invested in your growth outside of just the company. So tuition reimbursement or certifications, opportunities to just learn and grow personally for yourself outside of just whatever your role is. I thought that would be like a really awesome plus to have. And then like work-life balances was an important one for me too. And I think obviously that's just comes from being in the industry that I was in where sometimes, especially during busy season in Chicago, like constant conferences going on around the city, constant weddings, events and everything like that. So there would be a lot of times where it's like, I'll have a late night and I don't get home until like 10 because I had a meeting to oversee like at six o'clock or something like that. So I really just wanted to kind of move away from that and just kind of be somewhere where my hours were a little bit more defined. And I don't mind kind of going above and beyond if I need to, but it's like, I don't have to be clocked in or be plugged in at 10 o'clock at night. Like, just being able to just like really step away from the computer, step away from the desk and just be done for the day and refresh and do what I need to do to be ready for the next day. So that's interesting. So part of that, when you say work-life balance, part of that for you was just being able to step away at the times Mm -hmm. that you wanted to step away and be able to have that type or that level of flexibility. Yeah, exactly. I can definitely appreciate that. I think it was about four or five years. I can't remember now. That's weird that I can't remember now. But the time I spent with Target, which is a retailer, you know, mm-hmm. very, very popular retailer in the United States. And it was a wonderful organization to work for. However, if you supported stores in any way whatsoever, then you like had no life. Of, well, you <laughs> absolutely, well, I mean, that, that in some ways was part of it. And what was originally kind of a dream job for me, not kind of, it was a dream job for me. It ended up turning into as I evolved and I decided I wanted much more flexibility and much more space. And it it turned into something that no longer was a fit because I had to be there. They had on deck days if you're supporting stores. And Mm -hmm. if you know anything about retail, you know that it gets really popular. Yes. (laughs) Around, say, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Black Friday, all of those time periods. Everyone was there. Everybody was on board. And it was actually a ton of fun, but it became more important to me to be with my family and everything else. So Mm -hmm. I can totally appreciate what you're saying. Another question for you, though, as you got to the end of this, realized that you wanted to make a change, started thinking about, hey, this is a bigger change than I heard you say, hey, this sounds crazy. Like what? Going from something that you had spent a lot of time, had a lot of experience, and then in some ways, it was a wide open frontier transitioning mm-hmm. into the next thing other than what you already knew you wanted. But how did you think about what would help you make that next move? I know we got the opportunity to work with you on this one, but I'm curious because mm-hmm. you were in that transition. How were you thinking about like, hey, here's what I need because this sounds crazy? Tell yeah. Me I knew that I wanted more than just your run of the mill career service. And not to say that there aren't good careers, a ton of good career services out there. It's just that they're all structured differently. And a lot of them that I was finding had more focus on some of those more tangible skills of like resume writing and prepping for interviews and like those sort of things. But I knew that I wanted to focus more on some of that, like all the things that happens before you even get to applying for a job. Like that was what I wanted to focus on. 
whether that was getting a deeper understanding of what my skills and abilities are and getting a deeper understanding of, okay, what kinds of things do I want out of a job or like what kinds of things would excite me about a certain type of role, like really doing kind of like that exploratory work. I wanted something that was going to really focus on some a lot of that first before we even get into applying and resumes and stuff like that. Why was that important to you? That's awesome. Because I will, yeah, yeah. However, I'm curious why that was important to you at that time. Because I wanted to make sure that I was setting myself up for the success in the right way. Like I wanted to make sure that like I didn't shoot myself in the foot by trying to make this big life change and not going about it the right way. And I knew that part of having that be this be a successful transition, I knew that that exploratory and kind of research and like that building up piece, like I knew that that was important. I was like, okay, like I, because I really did, like, like I said before, like I really didn't want to just apply to a bunch of random jobs that kind of sound good. And then I get a job and then I hate it. And then it's like, I'm back to square one again after like a year, (laughs) a year and a half. It's like, cause I was really looking for, aside from all those other things, like I was really looking, thinking of longevity. I was really thinking of like, this isn't just like, my next new job, like I'm really trying to transition into a new career. And it's a subtle difference, but it's very different when you're job hunting and you're just like, oh, I'm just trying to get another job just to have another job and thinking about it from like, I'm trying to build a new career, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So with the transition itself, as you started transitioning, what in the what in the beginning was different than how you thought it would be? I have to be honest with myself. I'm a patient person, but when it comes to like things like exploring and digging deep, like I'm all for it. But when it's more of like an extensive drawn out process, I get a little bit impatient. So (laughs) something that was different was like, I didn't really expect a lot of the earlier training modules. Like I didn't expect so many of those to be focused on the exploring and figuring out what you need and figuring out what makes you tick and all that exploring piece. I was like, oh, like I'll be doing this for like two or three weeks. No, like that was a (laughs) very extensive portion of the program, which ended up being exactly what I needed. But I didn't really expect that like in the beginning. And so I was like, oh, well, this is different, but I'll just I'll just roll with it and (laughs) see what happens. Fingers crossed. Why do you say that? Because I think that that's a really common thing. And I very much am that way. Mm -hmm. I very much am like, okay, so where's the part where we get to do the thing that gets me Mm -hmm. the thing? Like, how can we, how can we make that happen in next week? Not like whenever, but I'm curious about your statement that it ended up being exactly what you need. What do you mean when you say that? Because it just, I feel like it was exactly what I needed because I basically like, I knew what I was asking for when I was, and I knew what I was looking for in a program, but like, I think I underestimated Like I knew the importance of it, but like, I think I underestimated even within myself, like how important that is. And it ended up being exactly what I needed because by the time I got to the point of the job searching portion, I felt so much more confident in what I was looking for because I had done all that preliminary work of exploring myself and really understanding what my strengths are and comparing and contrasting my previous roles and kind of seeing like those kind of common themes of what keeps coming up and thinking about, okay, well, what did I hate about all my jobs and really kind of ingraining those things into my mind. So that way it's like I had 
a pretty solid roadmap of how to navigate the process once I was ready to start looking for jobs. And I feel like if I didn't do that, then I probably wouldn't have been able to be as specific when I was doing the actual job searches, if that makes any sense. I think so. So tell me more about that. When you say if you hadn't done that, that previous work, you wouldn't be able to be as specific. So where did Mm -hmm. that actually help you out? How did that translate into getting closer to where you wanted to go? I think the great thing that was helpful for me is that before you get to the part of the program where you're actually job searching, you're kind of thinking about the concept of what your ideal role is in kind of a more broader scope. So it's not necessarily about, okay, what's the actual position? It's about, okay, what's the broader scope of what you're looking for and having that in mind. So looking at, okay, these, this is, these are the strengths that I need to keep in mind when I'm looking, or these are the things that I know I don't like to keep in mind when I'm looking and okay, like here's some common threads that I need to make sure I have in my mind where I'm looking when I'm looking at these jobs. So it, was, it really kind of saved me a lot of like unnecessary work of looking at jobs that I knew wasn't for me. I was like, Oh, I already know this isn't for me because it's not meeting the criteria that I had previously established for myself as far as what I was looking for. Do you remember any of those? I'm super curious. <laughs> it seems like everyone always goes through that type of transition where mm-hmm. they're like, uh, yep, that's no good. That's no good. What were yeah. some of those for you? Do you recall? I can't remember any specific roles off the top of my head. And yeah. I, one of the frustrating things about job hunting is that you can type in a very general title, like account manager, and then like a million jobs will pop up for account manager. But if you look at the actual roles, like if you take five out of those million, they're all going to be different. And so it was about kind of like comparing and contrasting, okay, don't focus on the title, but look at the actual, the meat of what you're going to be doing. And so when I was looking, like I would like things that would be red flags for me would be like, oh, well, you know, you have a quota because I've already done the sales thing. And one of the stressful things about being in a sales role is having to worry about hitting quotas or having to worry about making quarterly or annual goals. And I was like, I do not want that. I just want to be able to start my day and work with my clients and be productive and not have to worry about meeting the numbers. Like, I don't want to be the numbers girl. Like, I want to be the focus on supporting your clients girl. Anything that had kind of like a quota component, I was like, I already knew I didn't want that. And anything that even sounded remotely salesy, I knew I didn't want that. So it really took a lot of paying closer attention to those details of like, okay, what are they actually telling me that I'm going to be doing? And being able to kind of like quickly kind of just filter out the ones that I knew were going to be a waste of my time. What was the hardest part or parts of the transition for you? I think for me, and I think the thing that made it more difficult was the pandemic, because I feel like it made the the process and like the timing of just how I wanted to time things out. It made it yeah. worse <laughs> because so many people were affected by the pandemic and a lot more people are looking for jobs and employers are now taking a lot longer of a time period to hire because they have to figure out how they're going to manage their business in a pandemic. So I feel like just being like in the meat of this process in the middle of a pandemic really sucked. (laughs) And I had to have a lot more patience with just knowing that it was going to take longer than usual to hear back from people. So that was very difficult. And I think the other part that, that I felt was a little bit difficult for me was 
I think like in the beginning when I first started the job hunting process, like I was very like narrow with just like the positions I was looking at and thank God for my career coach because she really pushed me to broaden my scope a little bit and kind of think outside of the box and really think about reminding myself to think about like the content of the role and not the title of the role. Cause I was very, it's easy for us to get hooked up on titles because oh, yeah. that's all we really have to go on when we're looking for jobs. And so like, I really had to push myself to broaden my horizons and kind of think a little bit more outside the box. And once I started being more creative with keywords and things like that, then that's when I really started like rocking and rolling with finding jobs that I thought would be a better fit for me. So that's that's really interesting on a couple components. First of all, you mentioned the pandemic and that's mm-hmm. been really fascinating. It's been horrific in many ways. And I don't mm-hmm. want to under I don't want to undermine that. However, it also has been fascinating to see how it relates to job search, partially because we've seen it create a lot of opportunities for mm-hmm. people, not for everyone. We have also seen the other side of it, too. But I'm curious for you, do you think that if you hadn't already been into your job search already, then that would have been harder to start? Or tell me a little bit about how you how you think about that overall. That's a good question. I think... It would have been more difficult had I had not already kind of been into the groove of already kind of looking and kind of figuring things out. I think if I would have been like at the beginning of my process in the middle of the pandemic, I probably would have been a little bit more overwhelmed with just like the number of jobs and like the number of applicants at each job. And like, I just would have been a lot more overwhelmed than I was with the timing, the way that things played out. It was a challenge, but I was able to kind of navigate it a little bit better. When you were thinking about the broadening horizons beyond Mm -hmm. just the job title, I'm curious, what advice would you give other people as it relates to that? Partially because I consistently see, I've now been able to ask many hundreds of people this type of question on the, on the mm-hmm. podcast. And that's one of the things that pops up over and over again as something that was hard for people in how to think about it, but also very helpful as well. And that in some ways made the difference for some of the folks we've been able to work with and help through this process. So I'm curious for you, what advice would you give other people as it relates to looking at job titles, broadening your horizons, focusing on what you want? Tell me a little bit about that. I think my advice would be to be open-minded. Obviously, in certain situations, it's easy to it's easier to discern whether a job is a good fit for you. Like if you see a job that's like, veterinary tech and you know that you don't want to do that, that's a lot more straightforward. But I think it's important for people to remember that, I don't know, maybe this might be (laughs) some insight that people aren't aware of, but like, I feel like sometimes these companies, they're not always 100% certain of what a role should be called. And all they have is like, they know they can tell you what you're going to be doing day to day. And that's pretty straightforward. But what that title is actually called, it's like, oh, well, what does this kind of sound like? Oh, this kind of sounds like an account manager. And so they just call it an account manager. You know what I mean? And so I think like knowing that going in, I think that that will really help people and just kind of remind people to not get so hung up on the title that you see, but pay more attention to the responsibilities and let that be your guide for whether you apply or not, but also let that be a guide for how you continue to search for other jobs. And when I was mentioning keywords, like when I was kind of playing around with job titles and 
things like that, when I started to kind of pick up on some patterns of, you know, some of like the keywords that kept popping up for certain types of roles, that's when I was like, okay, because for example, like my position now, so I'm my official title is client success specialist. And so when I was searching for client success, customer success, account manager was still popping up because some of yeah. those responsibilities were overlapping. Just kind of keep that in mind that like you're the responsibilities that you're looking for, they may overlap with other roles that might just be called something else. And if you start to see that pattern, start using that other title or some of those other keywords associated with that title in your search to kind of get a little bit closer to hitting the nail on the head on the types of positions that you're most interested in applying applying to. Allison, in your role now, mm-hmm. as you let's push off the title to your point, like yes. <laughs> the title is in a lot of cases irrelevant. However, right. tell me a little bit about what are the pieces of your role or roles now that you get to do that you love that really match up with what you were looking for? Yeah, so that's a good question. One of the things I know that we focus a lot about like on what I did and didn't want in my next role, but one of the things that I was already doing that I wanted to remain constant in whatever my next step was, was that client interaction. Like that's one of my favorite things. I love building relationships with my clients. And sometimes like within the hotel business, like you're not always, you don't always work with the same clients all the time, but it does happen. Like I've had clients that I've worked with two and three times over the course of a few years, just based on that relationship that I built with them. And, you know, when you work on, you know, a large program or like a huge wedding or something like when you work with someone over the span of like nine months on this huge thing, like you you feel like you've been in the trenches and like you've accomplished something with your client. And I love that feeling. And I was like, well, you know, I know I don't want to be in hotels, but if I can find something where I can still support and kind of coach and consult with clients like that would be amazing. And so in my current role, that's pretty much what I do. Like I'm I do do that. Like sometimes I kind of (laughs) yell at my clients a little bit only because (laughs) my company right now is focusing on it's a health and wellness company. Yeah. And they were able to really pivot with the pandemic. So a lot of the work that I'm doing right now is with administrators and directors of nursing for nursing home facilities for COVID testing. So we're basically providing us like a COVID testing program in these facilities. So my direct clients that I'm dealing with are the administrators and the directors of nursing on their day-to-day COVID testing processes. And because it's it's a pandemic and it's COVID testing and it's important and it's people's health, like sometimes I kind of have to like buckle down on them and be like, you shouldn't have done that, but it's okay. We're going to figure it out. But <laughs> so that's what I mean when I say sometimes I have to yell at them. But for the most part, I'm talking to these people every day. We're in constant communication every single day. I've only been working with a lot of these people. I think it's been, what month are we in now? December? <laughs> it's been about in like COVID a month years, and a half. We've been, yeah, it's, we're like I feel like it's been a year already. Over the span of just the month and a half I've been working with them, it's like, we have a relationship and we have a rapport now and we're kind of gotten into the groove of them kind of understanding like what my style is as their designated client success specialist, but me also understanding what their style of communication is and how they work and operate from a day-to-day basis. And sometime when I call and because something went wrong or I need to figure something out, I end up having awesome conversations and, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was great. Like, I love that kind of stuff. So it's like you really build a relationship with the people that you work with. So that's probably like the biggest thing that's kind of carried over from being in hotels to being 
in this world of healthcare now, <laughs> which I'm learning a lot, but it's, it's been fun. I, I think it's so important what you mentioned about the idea of carrying over those things that mm -hmm. you, those pieces that you want to remain or those yeah. pieces that you already enjoyed. I think so many people describe this type of process when they're initially thinking about it the way that you mentioned earlier. And I'm moving to brand new territory. It's like the Wild West out there, like something <laughs> brand new. But in reality, almost every single person that we get to participate in their change is doing something similar to what you just described. They're pulling out at least some pieces that they want to be able to carry over and bring with them. So it often is less about a brand new moving into the Wild West, starting over type process. It's really not that in a lot of different mm -hmm. ways. It's bringing with those pieces that you enjoyed. And to be able to bring those pieces with that you enjoy, you also have to bring a lot of the skills and experiences and other pieces. Otherwise, you don't get to continue doing those. Exactly. So, Mm -hmm. I so appreciate you pointing that out because that is that almost brings us full circle in some ways where <laughs> how people start thinking about the change versus how it actually ends up too. That's so cool that yeah. you have done one, you identified these pieces from the very beginning that you wanted to wanted to keep, the pieces that you wanted to be different. And then you were able to find that in the real world. And now, even in a year of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you're actively doing that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's really bizarre because I feel like if you, cause I started this process, I think it was a year ago. Like a, I think I officially got on board with you guys like right before Thanksgiving of yeah. last year. Oh my goodness. And so it been that long? Wow. It has been yeah. that long. And I did take a break when the pandemic hit. I had to like put a pause on things and kind of figure out how to like manage my life. But if you would have told me a year ago that like I was going to be working for like a healthcare company that deals with labs and testing and genetics and all these other things, I'd be like, that doesn't really sound like something that I would do, but that's what I'm doing. And the company, it's a newer company, like it's growing. I feel very comfortable. Like I feel like I found my fit and I, I also kind of feel like I got lucky because I kind of found my people too. Like my team, the client success team, they're just a bunch of amazing humans and we have a really, really good dynamic. And that's like one of those kind of bonus things because it's like when you're thinking about what's going to be a good fit for you and company culture and things like that, when you really do the work of figuring that out and you get to where you want to go, you realize that like the people that are already there are like your vibe of people. So it's kind of like a nice little bonus that can pop, that can come out of doing a career transition and doing the work of figuring out what really makes you tick. And then you find awesome people that kind of tick in the same way you do. Allison, I, I love how you're thinking about that. That's something that actually gets missed a lot of the times it, between myself and the rest of the team. We get to have conversations mm -hmm many conversations every single day at, at this point. However, as we're having those conversations, rarely does someone actually point that out, even after the fact sometimes yeah. that, that gets missed. So I think that's super cool because what you what you just said, I don't want to be lost on everyone. When you go and you take the time and effort and energy to be able to do all of the work of defining, clarifying what you want and then yeah, and then actually go in and get it in the real world. The mm -hmm. byproduct of that is you're in a in a better fit all the way around, including the types of people that you're surrounded by. 
And that's something that is, it it relates to everything. It relates to like the types of relationships that you already have in existence. It relates to Mm -hmm. having a higher quality of life. It relates to you being able to be more productive because you're surrounded by the type of people you want to be surrounded with that are also supportive in ways that you need and all those things. So I really appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah. And and that's actually a piece that I forgot not to interject, but one of the other things that was on the top of my list was company culture. And I'm kicking myself that I forgot it, but that was kind of a thing that I wanted to keep in the back of my mind. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a very chill person for the most part, and I'm also very productive and ambitious. So I really wanted to find a nice balance of having kind of that company culture, but I'm also a very socially conscious person, like, especially with, you know, the climate of the world right now with Mm -hmm. diversity, inclusion and things like that. It wasn't It was one of those things where it's like I never I always kind of had it in the back of my mind as something that I would either notice or pick up on. But I never really put my money where my mouth is and actually said, I want to be somewhere that is inclusive and I want to be somewhere that's diverse. And that is something that's very important to me. And I'll be honest, like when I was looking at some of these jobs and applying, like I was going on those websites and looking at what leadership looks like. And it was, I'll be honest, because I mean, I don't know, can people see me? (laughs) They'll just hear me, right? So like, I'm, I'm a black woman. And being a black woman, I wanted to make sure that I was going to be in an environment that would have my best interests at heart, but also have the best interests of all the different types of people that work for them. And so like, if I looked at company culture, and all I saw in higher ups and leadership all the way down is like older white men, that was kind of a red flag because then it's like, how are they going to be able to support me and any other person who is a woman or someone who is of a different ethnicity? How are they going to know and be able to support me in my career having those different kind of diverse backgrounds? And so that was something that I was really, really looking into too. And I got really lucky because my company is very, very diverse. You see all different kinds of folks, men, women, in all different levels of the company, all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds. And it's probably, honestly, the most diverse company I've probably worked for compared to to a lot of the other ones. And so everybody has their priorities. Everyone has their preferences. And that was just one of the ones for me. And I got really lucky with where I landed as far as like that being something that was a meeting of the minds. You can tell that that's something that's important to everybody else in the company, too. I've heard you say I got lucky many times. One of the observations that I've had is you're so observant. Seem to do the work uh, over and over again are the ones that seem to get really lucky with the organizations that they arrive at. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that there probably was some luck involved. There always is some element of luck involved. However, yeah. A compliment to you on doing the work and being able to manufacture some of that luck, or at least the precursor to luck. Really yeah. Done. Yeah. Thank you. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of effort. It was, you know, a lot of moments of frustrations. And there were times where me and my coach, Jennifer, like we not I wouldn't say butted heads. Cause that sounds a little bit aggressive, but we would have these like moments of tension where she's trying to get me to broaden my mind or see a different perspective and finding the balance of what she's trying to tell me versus making sure my needs are met. So, you know, it wasn't all smooth sailing. It it definitely was a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of energy. And especially with the pandemic, having to still find the motivation to like finish the process and really kind of like knock it out of the park and get it done. But it was definitely, definitely 
worth it. And who knows what kind of job I'd be in now (laughs) if I didn't do all of that work to make sure that I would end up where I wanted to be. And I feel like with the company that I'm at now, like I'm getting all of the things that I needed and then some because they do support career development. The director of operations, he wants to make sure that we're still engaged in the role that we're in. And if not, he's like, let me know. We can move you to a different team or you can train and kind of shadow someone else and see if that's a better fit for you. And like, I love that flexibility and that movement. And even within the month and a half that I've been there, there's so many things are already changing. And there's so many things that I'm going to get exposed to now. Like I'll have to start running trainings now for onboarding clients, which was something that I was actually trying to get into. That was one of the jobs I was trying to look into, but I didn't have that previous experience of doing kind of like that corporate training piece. And so now I get to do that. Like, that's so awesome, you know? So it's really been like an exciting journey so far. And with the way that the company is growing, there's this, I might be doing something completely different (laughs) in a month from now, but it's very exciting to, you know, have kind of that to look forward to. And it's like, I'm never bored and there's always something interesting going on. So it all worked out for the best. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and the the hard parts as well as the the fun parts and the results on the end. It's always one thing when we get people in a, in a snapshot at the mm-hmm. end where everybody's excited about moving into the new role and the new experiences and everything. But I appreciate you sharing also, what was the the challenge and the work and the other pieces that actually got you here as well? Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give someone if we go w- way back, way back to a year ago where you were thinking about transitioning and you're in that space realizing, hey, you know what? I need to make a move. I realize that there's probably not opportunity for me for growth in the way that I want and it's not going to serve me well any longer. And all the things that were going through your head way back then, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to people that are in that situation right there, right now? I would say first, it's okay to not be happy at your job. I feel like there's this like weird sense that, you know, we're just supposed to be at a place and be there for 50 years and then retire and that's it. And I feel like that that way of looking at careers has changed so much over the course of the past few decades. And I feel like sometimes people can feel like a sense of guilt if they're just like unhappy in what they're doing. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, I feel guilty, but it's like, I don't want to leave because of I love my coworkers or I don't want to leave because I've been here for five years. Like all those little reasons why we tell ourselves not to do it. Like it's okay. Like it's okay to not be happy and it's okay to not, to not feel unfulfilled in your job. So that's the first thing that I would say, like, it's okay. in your like I'm validating your feeling of unhappiness right now. Like it's okay that you feel that way. And I think the second part that I would really drive home is like, don't ignore that feeling. Like no one knows yourself better than you and follow your instincts. Like if you have like that gut feeling, like if you have that thing gnawing in the back of your mind, that's telling you, I wish that things were different. Or if I was in this position, I would do things differently or whatever those thoughts are, like lean into that a little bit. I know it's very uncomfortable to think about blowing up your life and, you know, trying to do something different or switch a different job or think about relocating for a different job, like whatever the case is, like I understand it it could be intimidating, but really lean into that and really kind of think about, okay, what can I do to change the situation for myself? Like what reasonable steps can I start to do to change some of these thoughts and feelings? And sometimes the answer isn't always 
leaving? Like sometimes the answer is talking to your manager and say, hey, can we do some things differently? Or, hey, can I take on these projects? Like sometimes it's not always the answer. But if that ends up being the answer for you, like that's totally okay, And you don't need to feel guilty about it. And at the end of the day, like it's your life and it's your livelihood. And if you feel like it's a good step for you, then do it. And obviously there are resources out there and people that are literally here to guide you through the steps because I didn't go through this alone (laughs) at all. So you have like you have people there to support you if it's something that you decide that you want to do and if you want to explore it. Hey, if you love this story where we talk through and walk you through step-by-step how someone got to more meaningful work, then you'll absolutely love our audiobook, Happen to Your Career, An Unconventional Approach to Career Change and Meaningful Work. I even got to narrate it, which was so fun and something that I really enjoy doing and will definitely do for future books as well. But it also contains firsthand accounts from career changers on how they made the move to more meaningful work just like we include on the podcast here. And actually, it's been called the best audiobook experience ever by some reviewers. <laughs> you can find those reviews and the book itself on Audible, Amazon, or any other place where books are sold. Seriously, just pause this right now and go over to Amazon or Audible or wherever you want and download it. You can be reading it and start it on your career change in literally seconds. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically, even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios, I'm out.